When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Titans Time Podcast, your Tennessee Titans podcast for the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm your host, Tyler Staggs, and as you can see, we have a special guest on with us tonight. Been on here several times with me before, the Power Hour, Mr. Michael himself. Going to be a great show. We got a lot planned for everyone. And before we get started, got to tell you how you can support the show. You too. Been a couple of weeks since I put a video up last week, got a little behind, wasn't able to do it, but I'm here now. So if you're in the live chat, make sure to just back out of the live chat, that subscribe button. If it's red, click it, turn it gray, hit that little bell so you never miss when I upload a new video, when I go live like right now, and share the video out. Let's get more people in here. We want to get more people in the chat, get y'all's opinions on everything that we're going to be talking about, whether it's mini camp, improved position groups for the Titans, and what position group you're most excited to see. Definitely want to know all y'all's thoughts on that. And go ahead and leave a like on the video. I really appreciate that. And later on, I'll be uploading the audio version of this podcast and if you want to check that out as well, it's on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Make sure to go follow the podcast on those platforms. Leave a five-star rating. Leave comments, questions there. Love that interaction. Like I said, love getting people involved in the show. That makes the show more fun, makes it more entertaining. So definitely do that. And also, check me out on social media. Twitter is at Titans underscore time, Instagram, Titans time podcast, and Facebook, Titans time. And also go check out the Power Hour. Follow him on Twitter at the Power Hour 615, YouTube, the Power Hour, TikTok, the Power Hour 615. Links for him will be down below in the description. So definitely go check his show out. Subscribe. I mean, if you're not subscribed to the Power Hour, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I don't know why you're not already subscribed. The dude puts out quality, great work every Monday. And, I mean, it's TikToks, too. It, it's not just sports stuff. I saw a TikTok today where he was talking about how to beat the heat out here. And if you've been in Tennessee this past week, you know the heat has been crazy. I went to mow my yard yesterday morning at 8.30 in the morning thinking, hey, I'm good. I'm not going to get burning up right now. No, at 8.30 in the morning, I was sweating like crazy, and it was just, it was too hot. <laughs> but <laughs> Power Hour, how you doing, man? Tyler, it's always great to be on the show. Thank you for having me once again. Happy early Father's Day to you, and happy Juneteenth to all our friends out there that celebrate. That's right, and happy early Father's Day to you, and happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Hope you all are enjoying this weekend 
And as Power Hour mentioned, happy Juneteenth to everyone out there. So, yeah, going to be a great show. First, to kick things off, I think we have to talk about the Titans' mandatory minicamp that went on this past week and some players that were standouts, some players that were kept in the building for the most part unless they were out riding on stationary bikes. And for the players that were in the building, should Titans fans be getting concerned any at all yet, mainly for one specific player? And I'll just tell everyone it's not Big Jeff that I'm talking about. It's (laughs) our rookie first-round pick wide receiver. Uh, But first, Power after seeing videos and hearing everything about the mandatory minicamp, who do you think probably made the biggest splash or impact throughout this mini camp? Well, Tyler, in my opinion, I think the biggest splash, it's more than just one person. It would have to be just the entire group. And I would start with the tight ends. Mm -hmm. Uh, Austin Cooper came out on fire and it just seems like him and Tannehill are clicking at a very reasonable pace. I like what they've been doing so far. And, you know, not far behind him is Chigakongwa, who's picking up the offense pretty well as far as what I've seen. And really, this is just a very exciting young group that's come in. I think Hooper has a very good chance to resurrect his career here in Tennessee. So along those lines, you see a revitalized tight end room that could be a big difference stepping into the beginning of the season. Exactly. And I'm glad you mentioned that tight end group because, you know, when I was thinking of you know, players or groups that have really come out and shown out in minicamp, the tight end group's the first one that comes to mind. Because, like you mentioned, Austin Hooper, him and Tannehill, are, they're working on that connection right now, and it looks like they already have it rolling. And we saw last year how by not really having that constant tight end presence out on the field that Tannehill could rely on, like, I think that could be a reason for some of his struggles last year. And it's good to see him and Hooper, you know, getting that connection down. And like you mentioned, Chiga Conquo, that guy, he's already – he's got a lot of Titans fans excited. I think the first day of mandatory minicamp, he had three touchdowns in seven-on-seven. Seven. Um <clears throat> I know one for sure came from Tannehill and one from Logan Woodside. It may have been two from Tannehill. Um, Do you remember on that one seeing anything on it? I think you're right with that statement. I'd have to check on it, but I think you're right. I mean, just the tight ends coming and making that difference. And you actually get a little bit of a difference in both the tight ends. Hooper, he can be – that possession guy that's going to come down with the catch and, you know, make sure he secures it, gets you the first down. And Chig, he can be a guy who, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's dangerous. He can make those big splash plays. And that's another thing I think the offense was missing last year. You know, we didn't have Jonu Smith anymore, who was a guy that when he got the ball in his hands as a tight end, he made big plays happen and not having that last year 
it hurt. So I'm excited to see what Chig can bring. And want to hit on a couple of these comments right quick. My wife's saying, let's go tighten up. Excited to talk about the work being done at camp. And Jonathan C., it would be nice to have some tight ends this season for a change. And Jonathan, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I mean, it would be nice for the tight ends to show up. I mean, when you're – main blocking tight end is also your tight end that leads in receiving touchdowns and he he may have also led in yards i can't remember for sure um but you know we had Ferkser who was supposed to be our receiving tight end and it seemed like swain was doing more than he was so yes it will be nice to have a uh, change there at tight end and hopefully see some bigger plays come from them um, want to go ahead and hit on. We know Big Jeff wasn't out on the field for any of the mandatory mini camp. He was in the building. He was doing the plan that uh, him Vrabel and I forget who else he said they came up with this plan for how he can improve. And you know, just watching the film, seeing how he could get better that way. And I know. You know, some people were, oh, well, why, why is he not out there? What, what's going on? What's going on? And I think Vrabel and the Titans just know that how valuable he is. They know that he's slimmed down. He wants to play around 300 pounds this year, wants to improve his footwork. And one way he can do that is by watching film and seeing where he can improve on things. So what do you think about Big Jeff staying in? side and not being out on the field for mini camp well i mean it's hard to make any kind of speculation at this point i mean it could just be a game plan it could be a situation to where he might be trying to work on something that they're trying to keep quiet but i won't get too much into it but along those lines we all know that this is going to be a year where he's going to try and get his contract done mm-hmm. tennessee would like to get that out of the way in order to help free up some more space and make some more moves down the road. So along those lines, I think it's really just a maneuver that they're just trying to make sure that they got their guy in the right place. And once camp rolls around, you know, they'll have him ready. There's no point in getting him in these things at this point right now. I agree. And, you know, been seeing a lot of people talking about, Oh, is this going to be like a, because big Jeff's already said, I'm going to be out there for training camp and people are talking about, Oh, well, is this going to be a hold in where he's out there, but not actually out there on the field, uh, participate in what, and I have no doubt the Titans, they're going to get a contract done for him because just the impact that Simmons has on the game, the position that he plays. I mean, you don't just find, a Jeffrey Simmons in every draft. It just doesn't happen. Just like you don't find an Aaron Donald in every draft. I mean, if that was the case, then more teams would have that impactful defensive player on the line every year since Donald come into the league. So I have no doubt the Titans will get that done. And that's a great point you make. I mean, it's a skill set that you see at a position that is very hard to try and fill these days. 
Tennessee knew, especially when it came down to the H.A. Brown contracts breaking up, that they're going to have to make a choice. And it was either going to be Brown or it's going to be Simmons who they're going to sign on the long term of things. And Simmons is the kind of guy that you're not going to be able to find, especially he fell in the laps of the Tennessee Titans Mm -hmm. in the 2019 draft. So going forward, I know they're going to try and push to get this done possibly before or during training camp because that's usually John Robinson's style. But worst case scenario, he's locked in for a fifth-year option. Yep. So that's really just a safety bumper at this point. But if they can get something done before then, it's in their best interest. Yeah, for sure, because it it keeps him happy, keeps the organization happy if they can keep him around. I mean, it it's just it's good all around. And like you said, like you mentioned with the AJ Brown contract, like when all of that started falling apart, you know, given the after sitting back and thinking about it more, given the money that AJ was asking for, it really did put the Titans in a position where they had to think, okay. Which one do we value more? Do we value having Simmons more on that defensive front or AJ out there? And Simmons is a guy, like you mentioned, he fell into the Titans' lap in the first round. And you look at how the Titans have struggled (laughs) recently with first-round picks, and Jeffrey Simmons has panned out. You got to keep the guy around. I have no doubt they'll do that. And speaking of first-round picks – Have to hit on this a little bit. Traylon Burks. So he was out there for the rookie minicamp and everything, and we know that he's been dealing with asthma. Well, now for a mandatory minicamp, he's in the building. And then he's on the stationary bikes, but he's not out there on the field really participating in the minicamp. I know I've talked to our good buddy Rossi about this some, and I've said as of this point for mandatory minicamp, especially with the heat and how the pollen and all of that have been, I'm not concerned just yet. Now, I know training camp is like just over a month away, but training camp's kind of the point where it's like, okay, He needs to be out there for this because once you start training camp, that's where you're really going to start building that chemistry with Tannehill, getting your timing down, all of that. And the season's not too far, you know, it's not too far along after that. So he needs to be out there for training camp. And if he's not out there then, that's when I'm going to start getting a little bit concerned about, okay, is he going to be able to make an impact for this team or is he even going to be out there this year? But I want to get your thoughts on that. Well, at this point, really, you know, the asthma situation arose. I think it was a day after I had a show with Buck Rising where we discussed what was going on in that situation. And it really kind of caught everyone off guard. You know, we knew it was being discussed, but we mm-hmm. just didn't know it was the problem because there was just a lot of other just ideas and just speculation going around until it became official. Right. So right when we found out it was asthma, you know, along the lines, there are athletes that have played with asthma and had successful careers. Right. It's just along the lines, Traylon Burks is trying to get himself acclimated to this climate Mm. and Arkansas and middle Tennessee are night and day. Yep. So I expect right now it's dry. 
you do have a lot of pollen in the area. You do would probably have some difficulty breathing. And, you know, from my standpoint, I've never had asthma, but I have had some family members that have struggled with it. So I can understand what he's going through. It's very uncomfortable. Even just the simplest of things like walking or just breathing through your nose is difficult enough. Right. But along the lines where it comes to him getting ready for camp, if he's taking his time right now, even with his time off, if he's in a playbook and if him and Tannehill can get together or Woodside and just start working these routes out while they have some free time, they have access to the building. He's already signed his contract, so that's not a big problem. So mm-hmm. really he has a lot of things at, available to his fingertips if he's willing to use them and just get himself a head start. And hopefully by then he's more adjusted. He'll be a little more comfortable then they can get him outside once training camp gets going and potentially just get him to work. Yeah. And like you said, important thing is going to be diving into that playbook. Since you're not out on the field, you need to be in, in there learning that playbook, you know, getting it to where you know every little detail about it. Cause it'll help you out in the long run. And obviously finding ways, whether it's inside or, even if you go outside a little bit, because, you know, obviously he can go outside, work on his conditioning some to try and get a little bit more acclimated to the climate. And it's not like going out there for a Titans practice because, you know, Vrabel's even come out and said like, Hey, when we first had him out here, he's got to get, you know, he's trying to get used to how we do things. You know, it's not easy. So, you know, you can, if you're out there doing the conditioning by yourself, you can kind of control how you're going about it better and not have a coach <laughs> jumping your ass for not giving everything you got right then. So like I said, I, I'm not that concerned about it right now. Now if training camp gets here and he starts missing a bunch of training camp, that's where a little concern starts rising just because we saw last year, new guys coming in, even a veteran like Julio, you know, he missed training camp, missed a lot of it, and him and Tannehill never really got that chemistry down and that timing down. And there were times during the season where that hurt. And that's a great point you make. I mean, along the lines, chemistry is what has to be developed in order to make this work. But if that be the case, then there's other guys that are ready to step up and start making those plays that need to, especially we need to see what we've got. I mean, one example would definitely be Des Fitzpatrick. I really want to see what he can do now that he's going to be elevated. Now that he looks more in game shape, you know, we look at that situation, what we gave up to get him. you know, it's worth seeing if he can take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Des is a guy that, um, back a couple weeks ago when Rossi and I were talking about impact and breakout players, he's a guy that I think could have a breakout season this year. He's had a, a full off season or working on a full off season with the team. Hopefully he's been diving into his playbook more and more learning all the plays spots that he's supposed to be building that chemistry. And like I, said, I think he's a guy that, I'm hoping he can have a breakout season because a lot of people, including myself, were hard on him last year 
there were a couple times he was not where he was supposed to be, and it led to Tannehill throwing an interception. And, you know, unfortunately, the quarterback, will Tannehill gets blamed for that because it's a stat that shows up on him, and people are like, Tannehill, what are you, do- what are you doing? But when he's throwing to the spot that his receiver's supposed to be that, be at and his receiver's not there he can't help that so and it's just how it is i mean they run these plays and they have to run them to an exact point to where they're successful but along the lines that just kind of circles me back to the tight end discussion you know now that Tannehill has an opportunity of having tight ends that can actually get open and potentially be playmakers that eases up things, especially on a wide receiver standpoint. It doesn't mean we don't have to throw the ball 30 or 40 yards down the field anymore. We can actually right. spread it out more. Yeah, exactly. Um, so switching from talking about the offense to looking at the defense a little bit more, seeing some clips of Caleb Farley, and he's you know not just seeing a whole lot of him, but the clips we are seeing – he still looks quick, looks fast. It's good to already see him out there. And I know just said moving on from the offense, but to counter that on the offense, Robert Woods out there after tearing his ACL as well. And he's looking good running through these drills. And I've mentioned this, uh, I think it was just a couple of weeks ago, it just it really shows you the difference in body types because you look at Bud Dupree this time last year and Taylor Lewan last year, like they they weren't at the spot that Woods and Farley are at right now. And you have to think it's because Farley and Woods, you know, their frames are different. They're carrying a lot less weight. So you know, it it's it's just good to see those guys out there. And what are you thinking about Farley and Woods so far? Well, so far, I mean, it's a difficult entry to come back from. And I mean, most players, it usually takes a full year afterwards just to get back to the point where you feel normal. And even then, you know, Bud Dupree came out and said, I think it was a couple of days ago, you know, he didn't feel like the way he was playing was efficient enough because, you know, as a player, when you have that injury, it really just takes a toll on your psyche. And mm-hmm. not only are you having to rebuild your muscle and just everything else along with that, you're trying to also rebuild your mindset from an injury like that because you're trying to just push yourself as far as you can go, but you're cautious. So along those lines, it's good to see that Dupree's feeling back to 100%. And mm-hmm. I really feel that this could potentially be a breakout year for him. I think he just took a lot of hard knocks last year. I felt really they were very unnecessary at times because this could potentially be a guy that could anchor the other side of the defensive line and cause a lot of havoc helping Harold Landry and Jeffrey Simmons get to the quarterback. For sure. And I know I've saw some people saying, oh, hey, Dupree, you know, if he don't do something this year, he may be – gone after this year next year and i'm like i I don't know about that like even when he wasn't 100 percent last year he was able to cause a lot of problems for the other team's quarterback and move them to a spot that 
Landry or Simmons or even Altry could take advantage of. And that's the key point. Tennessee was moving their offensive line. Mm-hmm. That was something that they did not do in 2019. So the very sense that this defensive front is going to be one of the biggest strengths of the Tennessee game going forward, I really feel now that everybody's clicking on all, all four cylinders, you really get the sense that this defense could be something special, especially if the secondary can match the potential that the front line has. Uh, for sure. If if the secondary is able to match the level of play that that front of the defense is getting, like that is a complete game changer. That's when you talk about moving from you know, being a really good defense to a great defense that could help your help lead your team to the Super Bowl and a championship. Because if your defense is keeping the other team from scoring or forcing turnovers, that makes it a little bit easier on your offense. And let's not forget, you know, the entire defensive core returned. Mm-hmm. With the exception of Crookshank, they didn't have any major losses on the defensive side. If anything, exactly. they're gaining guys back. You get Caleb Farley back. You're going to get Rashad Weaver back healthy. Mm-hmm. So that just adds to the defensive line. And that's a guy that you know could be a little under the radar coming back this year is Weaver because, I mean, even – and, yes, there's still some things that he needs to work on. I think his pad level is the main thing, but – he was making an impact last year before he got hurt. So now he's been, you know, rehabbing from that injury, coming back. He's probably been diving into his playbook more, working hard to get back out there. So he's a guy that I'm also excited to see because it just it just keeps adding depth to that pass rush where you can swap guys in and out, keep guys feeling better and not just wearing them down throughout the whole game, but you're wearing that offensive line down because, okay, the guy that's a little bit tired comes out, man, now here comes this guy. He's fresh. He's been over there catching his breath, and I'm out here just getting worked. And along those lines, that's how you get to the playoffs. That's how you get to the Super Bowl is through defensive depth and through a good rotation. Tom Brady lost two Super Bowls because of defensive rotation. Good point. And to kind of wrap up talking about the mandatory mini camp, we will finish it off um, with the offense. And Derek Henry, back for mandatory mini camp. The guy somehow every year looks like he's bigger, quicker, faster. And he showed up with a little bit different look this year. Instead of having, um, I, I get, I don't know, I've heard people call it many different things instead of having the tail or what, whatever it was. He's let his he, hair down. Yeah, he's let his hair down. He's got the dreads flowing, and somehow he, like to me, he looks more intimidating with the dreads down when he's running. I don't know if it's just because they're bouncing more or what. <laughs> That's literally him telling any defender that he wants them to try and grab those dreads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I thought about that. I was like, 
we've saw a lot of people, you know, a lot of defensive players when an offensive player has long dreads, if they get by them, they pull them down by their hair. Don't know that I would do that to Henry, but I always wondered if that was the main reason that he did pull all of his dreads together for that tail because it's easy to grab, you know, one dread and pull when you're trying to grab a tail that probably takes both of your hands to get a hold of, you're not going to be able to pull him down by that. Well, I see it as this. You wouldn't grab Troy Palomalu by the hair, would you? No. <laughs> well, I wouldn't grab Derrick Henry by the hair either. Because think of it this way. you got to go back to the huddle. Yep. And if they hand him back to the ball, where do you think he's going to go? Uh, he's oh, looking he's looking for, for you. He's looking for you. <laughs> exactly. He He is locking in. And he's gonna be like, okay. It's kind of like the uh, the water boy. Um, uh, what what was the number that he said? I, I I've blanked. Um, I think it was. I think it, I think it was sixty two. That's what you think. Yeah, sixty two. Uh, <laughs> that's what Henry's gonna be. Doing. He's gonna be walking back to the hill. Okay. Twenty three there. Twenty three. I, I got him next time. <laughs> He's telling his line, look, if you get to uh, the next level, you leave 23 unblocked. <laughs> like, I'll take care of him. So, yeah, that's personal. looks like that's that's Michael Jordan level. He took it personal. Yep. <laughs> Got Titans Rossi in the chat. How's it going, Rossi? Hope you're doing well. Uh, good tonight. seeing you, Rossi. Uh, always good having you here. Um, my wife says that she thinks he might go back to the uh rat tail comes season and it may be he may just right now in training or in mini camp be saying okay i'm gonna leave the hair down it's it's nice to have it like this um but i think it's been a long time since he showed up to mini camp with it down like that um probably going back to when his hair would when he was still working on growing his dreads so just a fresh new look, fresh new year. And I think along the lines, I think he's just coming in this year with a chip on his shoulder. So mm-hmm. it's just a fresh, it's fresh everything. And he made sure to let everyone know the foot is good. It's feeling good. He's he's ready to go. And Ross says the hair is a hot topic. It is just because we're all used to seeing like that big tail back there and now seeing the free-flowing dreads. It's like, uh, hey, run with that this year. It, it's a change. It it may be a good change for just changing all kinds of things up. So, but we'll see. You know, if he ends up going back to the old hairstyle or if he keeps the free flowing dreads. Um, but like I said, he's been he's come back to mini camp and he's looking big, fast, quick. You know. Paul Kararski made sure to tweet out a video of him dropping one of the passes that was thrown to him, but Hey, he's still working on all that. So can't be perfect all the time. It's June. If it was (laughs) September, I'd be a little more concerned. That's right. Well, power hour, before we get into the position groups that we are, that we think have improved the most this year, which we've already hit on that a little bit. Uh, and what groups we're most excited to see going into 
this next season, it's time to get into the best bets segment presented by DraftKings. And DraftKings, they always have great offers going on. And just to show you that, I mean, the finals, the NBA finals wrapped up this past Thursday. Congratulations to the Warriors and all Warriors fans, your team, bringing home another championship that's four for Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Curry finally got that finals MVP. But again, just to give you an idea of how awesome DraftKings is with their offers, for the NBA finals, DraftKings, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, they were offering for new customers that they can make any $5 NBA bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. And, you know, if you were looking to turn that payday into an even bigger payday, DraftKings, they offer same-game parlays, and you can do just that. So, you know, create your own parlay going back to the basketball, whether it was which team would win, total threes made, total rebounds, many more options there, and boom, you you have a bigger shot at a bigger payout. And it's simple for DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, and they were offering that if you make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals, you could have got $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Definitely should see the show details for more notes on that. And as far as the best bet, there's one... We talked about Traylon Burks earlier, and I guess it was right after the draft, whenever the first lines opened up for Rookie of the Year, Traylon Burks was one of the more favored guys to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. And I said, hey, go ahead and hop on that. And thinking back to that bet, right now I'm a little bit more like, hmm, should people hold off on throwing anything on Burks? And this is why this is not betting advice, because things change. So, you know, maybe hold off on throwing any money on Burks until we see if he makes it back for training camp. And by that time, maybe he's kind of fell out of that favorite spot and he's on down. The odds are a little bit higher. You bet on him then. Leads to a bigger payout. And we can't forget the NHL the Stanley Cup finals are going on right now. And DraftKings, I'm sure they're going to have some great offers for the NHL. MLB's going on. They always have great offers for them. So, again, definitely check out DraftKings. Download the app. Use promo code TPPN for great offers. And Power Hour, we can move back now to – and actually, Rossi's got a question for us here. He said, since we're more than likely going to keep three QBs on the active 53, what other position groups do y'all think that will take away from? And that is a good question, Rossi. Power Hour, I'll let you hit on this first. Well, I think at this point, one that could be expendable could potentially be the defensive line. I think they already know who they want their guys to be. Uh, They could potentially just move a guy to the practice squad, so – Defensive line seems to be the easiest one right now. 
potentially maybe running backs. I know they've got a slew of running backs, and mm-hmm. I think right now they'll potentially just keep three. All right. So now running backs as far as just keeping three, are you including the uh, Tory Carter, the fullback, in that? Well, I'd put Tory Carter as just a simple fullback. All right. Because I, I know I think how like whenever they list them – uh, as far as accounting towards uh, the 53 that maybe they're under under the running back part two. But I, I see what you're saying as far as keeping like Henry, more than likely Hilliard and Haskins, if if I'm guessing right on where you might go with that. Yeah, you nailed um, it. Defensive line, you know, like you said, that that's one that we could possibly see some guys – you know, knock down to the practice squad. Um, we, we got some dogs on that defensive line, though, and I would almost be nervous to knock any of them down to the practice squad because if they didn't get – if they don't get protected that week, then there's no telling who might swoop in and take them. Um, but I, I, I will give – I will give Vrabel and J-Rob a lot of credit, especially – when they do get the guys on a practice squad, because they do a pretty good job of keeping them locked up. Right. If they want them around, they'll make sure they stay there. Yeah. And I I like what you said. I think running back could be a, a group that, you know, maybe, like you said, we only keep three. Um, I think, you know, receiver, there's, there's a lot of guys right there. And, you know, that may be one that uh, some guys have to go on the practice squad. Um, it, it would be tough because you look down our receivers and you know you have to have a couple for special teams, then some that are actually going to be your main guys on offense. You know, maybe we only see six guys right there. So that would probably consist of Woods, Burks, NWI, I would have to say Phillips might be in the mix there. I've really enjoyed his mini camp so far. So that gives yeah. us four. I would say Dez would be in that fifth spot. And six is really a toss up. Yeah. Um, and, and I agree. So, like you said, Woods, Burks, NWI. I think Dez is going to be there. Um, I think he's probably put in the work and the coaches and everybody are going to see something in him to have him, you know, in that top, on however many they keep. Um, Phillips, he's had a good rookie mini camp. He's had a good mandatory mini camp. I mean, he's been, he's been showing out and, uh, I know Rossi says we kept seven receivers last season. And, yeah, that's why I'm thinking, you know, if we keep three quarterbacks, you know, receivers could be a group where we drop down to six. Um, Especially we've got a better tight end skill set. So, yeah, I see Tannehill would potentially be using them a lot more in a lot of the play calling setups. Right. And, you know, you can't forget about racing at math. I mean, he was a guy who – as far as a gunner on special teams, like he was making an impact there. So 
that's one of those things where, you know, his name's kind of thrown in the mix. And, you know, with Phillips, you also have Kenzie who's thrown into the mix because he's been around. He's been, I mean, he's knows the system, been studying the playbook. You know, coaches are even saying that he's working on everything. He's gotten better. So, you know, it, it just depends. It, it's going to be interesting to see what they do uh, with that group. Uh, we got Mark Jones saying Derek Kenner being in the backfield also helps out our receivers because they will have plenty of one-on-one opportunities and play action opens up space. Um, Mark says Kenzie has a chance to make the 53. Uh, Mark also brings up Josh Malone. Uh, and he could. Yeah, he, he's impressed. The dark horse. So, I mean, there's so many of these guys. Like I said, some of them are going to end up on practice squad. And that it's going to be interesting to see who does because I, I don't want to be in the coach's shoes because I know they also value being able to jump over, play special teams, be that gunner. And, you know, maybe Malone, he, he could be a dark horse to possibly push uh, racing with math out. You never know. And, Somebody's always on the bubble. Yeah. We got Al Pierce here in the chat. Al, I hope you're doing well. Tighten up to you as well. Good to see uh, you. Man. We got nine people in here right now. Appreciate all y'all tuning in. Join us. Uh, right now we're just talking about uh, what position groups we think have improved the most this offseason so far and the position groups that we're most excited to see. So definitely leave us y'all's thoughts. Um, my wife says that she hopes – Mason makes it because he's been working hard. And Rossi said he's super excited about Chig and Hooper. And Power Hour, we hit on this earlier. I mean, looking at this team through and through, the tight end position has to be the one so far that looks like it has improved the most going through this offseason. And it really has. I mean, as we were discussing earlier, I feel the Tannehill benefiting from two capable tight ends that could potentially go out there and move the ball with ease. That just opens up a lot more possibilities for the run game. That opens up more possibilities for the wide receivers. It just really felt like the one thing that we were missing, you know, it missed all the injuries and everything else that was going on. It just seemed like even when our key guys were hurt, if we had maybe a serviceable tight end, Maybe that could have changed things. Maybe we would have won 13 games. Maybe we could have won 14. Maybe we could have won that damn playoff game. Who knows? (laughs) Maybe so. But it opens up up the narrative now that Tennessee solidified one of their weakest positions. But we all know, especially going forward, the big question mark is going to be on the offensive line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Al Pierce says Tanny had his best years with us when he had – producing tight ends and Mark says tight end was a weakness last year and Tanny didn't have his safety valve at tight end. And exact that's why I think the Titans they really put an emphasis on tight end this offseason and bringing in guys that could fix that. Yeah, they brought in Hooper on a one year deal and you know maybe he comes in, produces, and they turn in that into a couple more years. And like we talked about, 
Chig. He's a guy that he's going to be exciting. Um, my biggest knock on Janu always was that first part of the season, it seemed like he would be going crazy. And then as it got to the middle part or, you know, a little bit later in the regular season, he would kind of disappear a little bit, whether it was with couple of injuries here and there and maybe that's where chig helps out maybe he stays healthy all throughout the year and we get those explosive plays all year long and you mentioned in the offensive line that like that's going to be a big question mark i mean going to have a new right tackle a new left guard and it looks like um i think raiden's they've been having him over at right tackle, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, You're right. Is that right? That's and right. just switching um, Brewer and it's Jamarco Jones, I believe, that they picked up as what at that left guard position. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see who wins out there. I know Brewer, he's a little bit uh smaller of a guy you know um i think it was no flags film they put this out there he's like 275 and the main game you can one of the main games you can look at is against the steelers going against up against cam hayward i mean he was just getting pushed around no matter how good his technique was everything he just didn't have the size to really hold up against someone cam hayward size and really it's just going to depend on just if he's improved his technique if he's put more weight on it's a big question mark just going forward to see if we can solidify these positions and hope that this isn't going to be a bigger problem than it was last year knowing that we gave up 47 sacks it's Definitely going to be interesting just to see how this battle shapes out, especially once training camp gets started up. Exactly. And, you know, that was the offensive line with all the sacks given up. That's a – right now we see that the tight end group or the tight end position really looks like it's improved a lot. And, of course, they're not going up against anyone else. We'll kind of know more also when training camp gets here. But then you look at the offensive line, and it's one of those where, like we said, you've got a lot of question marks, and we're just going to have to wait and see if that position group has improved any. Looking over at the defensive side, though, how do you feel about all of those groups? Do you think mainly in the secondary do you think there's been an improvement there or do you think we're still kind of sitting the same? What's your thoughts there? Well, really with a secondary, I can't give a good answer, at least till we've gotten to a preseason game, then I can make a little better assessment. But just from what I've seen in the practices and just the one-on-one drills and seven on sevens, you know, there's improvement. I feel like at this point they drafted the guys they needed to at that point. So they're going to get their opportunity to start and see if they can make a difference. Caleb Farley, it's his show now. He's going to lock that slot down and he's going to hold it. And it's going to be up to him to make or break. 
And the same goes with Walden. The same goes with uh, Roger McCurry, where they drafted him early mm-hmm. in the second round. Could have potentially been a first-round pick. Very excited about what I've been hearing about him. You know, the man just eats beans and plays football, from what yeah. we know. <laughs> so the whole evaluation is, like I've been saying, you know, pretty much since the, after the draft. You know, this team's going to go as far as the secondary is going to push it on defense. Mm-hmm. If that secondary pushes them over the hump, this could be an elite defense. Yeah. And uh, go ahead. I'm going to just be honest with a lot of people. I've always said you can win a Super Bowl on defense. It's been done before in this era. The thing is, you've got to have a lot of other working pieces around it. Now, if the defense does what it's supposed to do, if Derrick Henry does what he's supposed to do, if we can improve on special teams and take advantage of punt returns and get better yardage, especially on kick returns, Ryan Tannehill doesn't have to be lights out. He just has to be good enough. Yep. The 2001 Baltimore Ravens were good enough, and I see little flashes that this could potentially be one of those teams if they hit on all cylinders. It's a big if, but the pieces are lined up. Exactly, and they, you know, it's all about finding – those players that, you know, fit your system better, you know, your guys, like you mentioned, they they found their guys. We know McCreary, he likes getting up and pressing. Um, of course, you know, people are going to say the knock on him was his arm length, but even Farley, he's a taller guy. This offseason, he's put on more upper body mass. He's, he's stronger. He still kept his speed. We know that Christian Fulton doesn't care to, you know, get up on guys. And Elijah Molden, um, you know, maybe he's improved his speed some. Christian Fulton got dissed by Madden. So, oh, yeah. I, after that screenshot, him getting beat by Tyreek Hill, he took that personal. Yeah. Well, and I'm looking, I've, I've been seeing where people have. Um, I, and I don't know if they're true or not, but supposedly seeing like the Madden 23 ratings and after the season Fulton had and how he was, you know, shutting guys down, I'm thinking, okay, this guy should be, you know, like at least mid to high eighties and they released like their top 20 cornerbacks. And I think the overalls go down to even like maybe, I know at least 85. I can't remember for sure how low in the 80s it goes. And Fulton's name's not on there. And I'm like, Madden, what, what are we doing here? Did, did y'all not – did y'all watch this guy last year? Honestly, as long as they keep our guys off the cover, I'm happy. <laughs> and we'll hit on some more comments here right quick. Al Pierce says, running back room looks uh, so much deeper now, too. That can mean a lot of – a lot to Derek's longevity. And that's another position where not necessarily going to say that it's improved from last year. When you look at what Foreman and Hilliard were able to come in and kind of do and produce, but it's good to see that they're bringing more guys like that in and, you know, maybe take a little pressure off of Henry you know, obviously he's still going to be the the lead back, but it, it could help out. And Mark says pass rush helps the secondary. And, you know, yeah, 
It, it does, but even with how great our pass rush last year, we still gave up a lot of yards through the air. So, you know, we do have to improve a little, knocking, even if it's just creating turnovers, you know, getting the interceptions. That's one thing that they're stressing in the secondary. The way they're going to get to that next level is they have to force turnovers themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, the defensive line can force fumbles and create sacks, but if the secondary is not out there making more interceptions the way that Byard is and the way that Hooker was when they had those opportunities, the corners have to be the ones also making those plays and making the difference. Yeah. And let's see, going off of his comment there, he was saying that's why they call it a team sport and we have the coach of the year, and we do. Rossi said that he's worried about depth at safety. Um, and that kind of makes me think of something we didn't hit on earlier, but they've been the through mini camp. They talked about guys they had back practice in return for them. You know, they had Kenzie back there, Phillips, uh, through, I think, uh, racing McMath back there some. And then the name that I didn't really want to hear, Amani Hooker and, I'm looking at it like, okay, we got Hooker and Byard really back there as the deep part of our secondary. I don't know that I want him out there for punt returns, kick returns, any of like that's just more ways he could possibly end up getting injured. Like, let's not do that. <laughs> well, I think where that's that's where you're gonna see Theo Jackson step up. And he's basically going to take over in that position that Crookshank left. And they're really going to get him involved. And I like him. I think he's a quicker version of Crookshank. But, you mm-hmm. know, we'll see if he can get developed and get into the playbook and help make a difference. Yeah, Theo Jackson's a guy that I, I'm excited to see what he, you know, can really bring to this team. So maybe, like you said, that's where they – plug him in al says what no more lining up 15 yards off the ball i sure hope not i mean that a couple of years ago that absolutely killed me like okay if it's you know if the offense has to gain 25 yards for a first down okay i'm a little bit more okay with it there but if they have to gain two for a first down and you're 15 yards off the guy like that's just that's on the player that I don't care what you know the defensive coordinator called. Like you take it into your own hands and be like, I can't just give this guy fifteen yards worth of cushion when all they got to pick up is two yards. Well, I think last year was especially just a big difference. You know, Shane Bowen, I really think that defense had more of his fingerprints on it. So mm-hmm. you definitely saw a lot more schemes and a lot more just press. So they definitely went away from the 15 yards off. So yeah, <laughs> for sure. And we got Bryce in the chat saying, what's up, Bryce? I hope you're doing Bryce well. Hope you're having a great weekend. Um, and Mark also saying, uh, Ben don't break. Um, exactly. and yeah, you know, you, that's the thing. Ben don't break. I, for me, I know I mentioned how many yard you know, that our secondary gave up a lot of yards through the air. And yes, obviously you would want to get that number down. 
But the main thing comes down to Joe Burrow threw for a lot of yards and in that playoff game, but he didn't throw for, you know, any uh, touchdowns. So, and he got put on his back nine times. Yeah. So that, that is more of the prime example of being don't break. You can give up the yards, just don't give up the touchdowns. But if you put it together even more and you stop giving up as many yards and you're still not giving up the touchdowns, that's when this defense, as I mentioned earlier, goes from really good to elite. So that can be a big difference there. And that just comes in play with the Roger McCreary pick. I know that was just a head scratcher for some fans, but I look at along the lines, think of when we got Jeffrey Simmons, especially when we had Jerome Casey, we -hmm. were planning for the future and this could potentially be a future move. This could be a depth move. It can't hurt to have extra guys, especially that are skilled in their skill set. Right. And Al brings up a good point here. We have several cornerbacks that can also play safety, uh, Molden and Theo and, you know, Molden, he's another guy. Uh, I can't remember if we talked about it or um, who else I talked to about it, but maybe they look at moving him back to safety because while he he had a good rookie season playing in the slot for us, yes, he got beat a couple of times, but that that's going to happen. But with his speed, if you put him back there at safety where he's not having to press a guy right there at the line and try and keep up with them, you know, he may improve even more. So yeah, we got some guys that can go back there and play that safety position. And Mark says, uh, John Morant has been recruiting OBJ to the Titans. (laughs) What's your thoughts on that? I mean, thanks, Ja. I don't see him going to the Titans. (laughs) Uh, my biggest thing with OBJ is he tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. The guy's not going to be ready to go until late in the year. So I don't see him signing with anyone anytime soon because people don't want to take up that roster spot for him right now. And That's probably what's going to happen. And, and they're going to have to be – He's going to choose a team that's going to be in the mix. And hopefully the Titans will, and they should be in the mix at that time. But he's going to look at all of his options right there. And some of these other AFC teams that have all of this um, fire firepower already on offense, he may be like, hey, I want to take a role to where you know, I can maybe be that number two guy, maybe even be number three, just whatever I can sneak into to possibly lead to another Super Bowl run. So, and, and I wouldn't, I mean, it makes no sense for a team to sign him right now, knowing that he won't be available till late, late in the year. There's, so. just, there's too much risk there. And, at this point in his career, he's basically going to go wherever he can compete and try and play for a Super Bowl again. Yeah. And 
big Titan TV says this defense is going to be crazy. Uh, yeah, it, it is. And everyone in the live chat, make sure y'all back out of the live chat and hit that like button and share this video out. I know we're, we're getting close to, uh, wrapping things up, but you know, still want to get some more people in here, get y'all's opinions on everything. Uh, Bryce says that he has a question for us. Go ahead and fire away, Bryce. We'll, we'll give our thoughts on it. And Rossi says no to OBJ. Um, I don't blame him. No, I, I'm right there. Um, I know some people wanted him last year, wanted the Titans to go get him, and like, yes, it it panned out. I think he went to the best situation he could have went to. It panned out for him. He ended up getting his Super Bowl ring, but. I don't know that it's worth the drama that can be brought with him to bring him in. You have to have the right situation to handle him. And the Rams were one of those situations that could handle him. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, he didn't have to come in, be the number one guy, but Matthew Stafford could also get him the ball when he needed to. Um, and while we're waiting on Bryce's question, that's something else we can hit on the, uh, the Browns, they're kind of in a position right now. And I mentioned them because obviously Odell wanted to move on from them because Baker couldn't get them the ball. Now they've already went and pissed off Baker Mayfield and just more and more stuff coming out about Deshaun Watson and, you know, you have to wonder, is the guy going to get to play this year? Or are they gonna are the Browns going to have to go crawling back to Baker Mayfield and see if there is any way that they can convince him to play for them? Really, I've talked to a couple of my guys that have their ear to the wall on that situation. And from what I've been hearing, the NFL's going to take their time with this decision hopefully something will come out soon and when i say soon it could be days it could be weeks but with the news that keeps coming out and the cases keep piling up eventually the nfl is going to have to make a move it just Mm -hmm. continues to make them look bad it makes them look inept i mean at this point you know even with the cases that have come out that have not had anything against Deshaun Watson from the USA Today report where he had 66 people come out and say that they did work with Deshaun Watson, but nothing happened. Still, it just paints a narrative that's very clear. The man's got a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I don't care who you are. I don't care how big of an athlete you are. You have certain people for certain things, and you only have one of them most of the time. Yep. And if I have somebody that's working on like my needs for like physical therapy or massage, that's probably going to be one person. And yep. I'm going to have a very close, you know, working relationship with them because I trust them. Mm-hmm. But when you've got, when you're out there literally with 66 other people, that just yep. shows <laughs> that there's a problem there. Now, exactly. I'm not, I'm not trying to make accusations. I've walked a fine line with this story for like over a year and a half now. I've tried giving the benefit of the doubt for both parties. I don't want to give anything away 
to anybody at this point until there's more solid evidence. Even with the cases that have been settled, you still have the 24th one that came out with more graphic details that paints a more even vulgar and graphic picture of what happened there. You had a 25th and even a 26th that's coming out from Sports Illustrated. Yep. So at this point, along the lines, the Browns have painted themselves into a corner. Mm -hmm. And an even more important question, was Deshaun Watson forthright and honest about the other ones that came out? Did the Browns expect this to come out? Or right. was this a shock? And from the way his attorney's talking about it, they were trying to jump ahead of it. At least that's what it seems like. Yeah. So, and, and it's hard to walk that line on this and, you know, kind of wait and see. Like, like you mentioned, the biggest thing is, especially when you are a bigger athlete, a more famous athlete, well known, you're, you know, I could understand if you, you know, go to a person and, you know, you don't like what they've done, like as far as the massage, how they handle trying to take care of your knots and all of that. But so maybe one, one or two before you find the right one, but then you stick with that one. But when you have 24 to 26 already, you know, coming out, pulling up things against you, and then there's allegedly a total of 66, like, okay, that really starts looking bad on any story you try and put out there. Like, no matter what it is, like, it, it's hard to come back from that. And the funny thing is, it just drives me crazy with the people trying to defend them at this point. Mm -hmm. Like, I understand due process is due process. You know, the grand jury made their minds up with those two cases and it is what it is. But new cases have come out. Yep. One that's very graphic and very vulgar in detail. So you look at that and everything starts painting a bigger picture. You know, you can only stand so close to the elephant and not see the whole picture until you start backing up. Yep. <laughs> so the biggest thing going forward is the NFL has got to move and they're going to have to make a decision on this because the more they do this, the more they wait on it. It just seems like they're trying to be judge, jury and executioner in this whole process. Right. The thing is, even if everybody's trying to say he's, you know, they've already made their mind up on the grand jury cases. They didn't find anything worth charging him criminal it doesn't matter with the NFL. When you join the NFL, you are abided to a code of conduct. Yep. And that is what you are to follow. And if the NFL thinks that you have done something that violates that, they have every right to punish you. Yep. And I'll be honest, the way it continues to go, I don't see Deshaun Watson even stepping foot on a field this year. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. I think with the way things are going, and that's why I mentioned – hey, are the Browns going to have to go crawling back to Baker and try and beg him and plead to him to uh, play for him this year? Uh, and Mark says that he thinks Baker would play, but only for an audition to help himself, not to help the Browns. And it's a situation that athletes really have to look at because we know Baker wanted a trade. He wanted to be traded, and – 
the Browns essentially told him no, that they're not trading him. And Baker's going to look at it from the aspect of, okay, they didn't want me. They don't want to get rid of me. Now if things go south with, with Deshaun Watson, they're going to want me to go out there and play. But if I get injured, then for sure no one else is going to want me you know, this year. And I take a chance on maybe not ending up on a team again. Like, you know, there's a lot that Baker has to take into consideration. So I, I don't know. This is this is so Cleveland Brown. This is <laughs> it's so Cleveland Brown. This is literally the equivalent of you were married, you went out and cheated on your wife, you remarried. You just didn't sign the divorce papers. Yeah. <laughs> and now everything seems like it's starting to fall apart there. So you're going back to your previous wife and you think everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. You burned and, that bridge. And Bryce's question to us was, what is our take on the offensive line? And we kind of hit on this earlier, but Bryce, both of us kind of stand at the point of, Looking at the offensive line, it's it's a big question mark for the Titans. Um, you know, having to replace left guard, right tackle, um, gave up. Uh, how many sacks was it last year? Forty-seven. You said. That's right. So it, we're just going to have to see them out there in the preseason and see them going against other teams to really know if this offensive line has improved, if it's about the same as last year, if it's let's hope it's not worse. Um, but yeah, it, it's, there's a big question mark right now. Uh, what's up? Uh, Ian, the hyper hope you're doing well. And Rossi asked if we think Raiden's is starting at right tackle. That's where he's been for camp and everything. I think that's where he'll end up playing for sure. I think it's his job to lose at this point. So I, I think he's there. I think the only question mark is who's actually going to be the starting left guard. Is it going to be Aaron Brewer or Jamarco Jones? So, and I didn't know if you had anything you wanted to add to that power hour. I, I think with that guard position, I think it'll all, get ironed out once training camp starts, once they start their first preseason game. I think that'll start getting a better – we'll get a better picture of that going forward. Yeah, for sure. Well, Power Hour, that's that's all I have for tonight. We've been going for about an hour and ten minutes. Again, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. It's always a blast having you on, talking Titans, talking other things going on around the NFL – and always good to get your insight on everything. Tyler, it's always great to be on the show. Always, as always, thank you for inviting me. And once again, I want to wish you and all the listeners out there tonight a happy Father's Day. Keep, be safe. Yep. Have a good time. Same to you. Happy early Father's Day. And everyone, if you haven't already, go check the Power Hour out. Follow him on Twitter at the Power Hour 615. TikTok, the Power Hour 615. Find him on YouTube, The Power Hour. His links will be in the description. Go subscribe. Check out his videos. Leave a like. 
he's always putting in work, putting stuff out there. It it's great. And you can find me on social media. Go find me on Twitter at Titans underscore time, Instagram, Titans Time Podcast, Facebook, Titans Time. If you're on YouTube, back out of the live chat right quick. Make sure you are subscribed. I'm trying to hit anywhere from 800 to 1,000 subscribers before the end of the year. Really appreciate everyone who's already subscribed and anyone who ends up subscribing. Leave a like on the video. Share the video out. And if you want to check out the audio version, it'll be up a little bit later. Find it on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Go find me on there, Titans Time Podcast. Leave that five-star rating. Leave some comments, questions. Love that interaction. Hit on a couple more comments before closing the show out here. Uh, Mark says the one is back to 100%. That'll help. And I, I think so. Um, my wife, going back to your analogy, said that she liked that <laughs> analogy. <laughs> that. Um, Ian says, uh, see us later and tighten up, tighten up to you as well. Uh, says, happy Father's Day. Uh, Big Titan TV says, happy Father's Day. And my wife says, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. And yeah, hope everyone has a great rest of their weekend. This has been Titans Time, and as always, tighten up. Tighten up.